So the the staging a home process, um, we've kind of discovered that it's more than just furniture. Um, it you look at the entire home and give recommendations for a, a bigger picture kind of scope and sort of going into the actual physical structure of the house. Absolutely. Um, which is really cool. Uh, plug for us at Coldwell Banker because we're launching the Real Vitalize program. Correct. JR talked about that last week. Mm-hmm. So, Carrie, what, what's a little bit of the Real Vitalize? So, it's a really great program that Coldwell Banker came out and we're able to take some dollars. There's a formula that we use to figure out how much money we have to work with, but we're able to work with Angie's List and bring in some of those workers and stagers so that way we can go through the home and go okay you know what we do need to update this bathroom we need to get rid of the hot pink bathroom that <laughs> needs to be redone and make it more modern yes you know the bathroom it's done its job but in order to get that next value out of it or to get to that next price point we know that bathroom needs to be done but unfortunately you know what the bank accounts never say go ahead and do that but this program we're able to get the home into the program. The, everything is paid up front and then it gets reimbursed at the time of closing. And right now we're working on getting you part of one of those businesses that will be on this list that we can call up and say, hey, we need some staging done and have your services come in. That is fantastic. I am so excited about this program because if you've ever sold a home, and bought another home, you know, at that point, you tend to be cash poor. Mm -hmm. You are investing money in the property that you are trying to prepare for sale, put that best product out there so you can reap the value from that and get the return on your investment. But yet you need to save your money to personalize the property that you're buying. Mm -hmm. So you're paying double. And people find themselves with not a lot of budget when it comes to D-Day, when it comes to the day where you're putting your home on your market. So I am so excited for sellers to have this opportunity. And I understand as well that it's a no interest. It's no interest, which is really great. So if we're able to, you know, invest even $1,000 into it, I mean, that's, you know, we can use it for staging. We can use it for... Windows, um, windows and paint and carpeting. Yeah. The, a, a lot of the maintenance things, like you said, that yes. need to, you know, sort of have a, a fluff to it. Uh, um, you know, I don't want to say lipstick to make it look better, but it gives that feeling that we're looking for. And then the seller doesn't have to worry about it because it's paid out of their proceeds at time of closing. So they don't have to have liquid cash on hand. Yes. Right. And this is, you know, we're really looking forward to working with you and, we got first got to get you approved mm -hmm. because all of the companies that are part of this group all have to be approved. Yep. So we're working right now on getting you approved so that way we can use you. But it's one of those great things where, okay, if we know for sure that staging definitely needs to be happening in this house, because it, maybe it's a vacant home. Yes. And we just want to stage one or two rooms. Yes. So that way we're going to highlight the kitchen. We're going to highlight the living room and go from there. Mm -hmm. But just be able to have that extra funds to be able to do that and then have that paid off at the time of closing. Yeah, that's amazing to have that available to sellers. That's just fantastic. I, I can't imagine who wouldn't want to take advantage of that offer. And amazing that Coldwell Banker has had the foresight to understand the needs of sellers at the time they're putting their property for sale there's a lot of expenses that are incurred at that time with mm -hmm. moving and relocating. Even if you're still in town, it's, it's a lot and a lot of stress. And a lot of that comes from the financial side. Mm -hmm. So if you can provide that to sellers, that's just a win-win for everybody. I mean, how many times have we seen it where the kitchens and the bathrooms are what sold the property? Oh, yeah. You know, we updated the bathroom right before we listed our, our last house and it was, it was great, except for we had to make sure we had the funds to do it. Yes. We got it done the week of listing, but at the same time, if we had that little bit of, 
hey, if this program existed, there would have been other things we would have done to the home to get it into that next price point. Yes. And if you can do some of those simple things that allow the buyers to move in, um, say it's new flooring throughout, um, it's it's been a, a, a pinch point for everybody of whether I should replace the flooring or not. Mm-hmm. What if the new buyer doesn't like the flooring I choose? What if it's not the color that they like? Mm-hmm. What if it's not the quality that they want? What if it's not this? What if it's not that? Um, however, if you have red and black shag carpeting and <laughs> everything's the, going to be better, <laughs> the buyer is thinking, I'm going to move in all my furniture on top of this carpeting. And in two weeks, we're going to have to take it all, all out. back out to put in a carpet. So my recommendation is oftentimes each situation is individual, but if you can provide a medium grade carpet or flooring that the buyer can live with for a couple of years yep. and understand that, okay, now I actually want to use that other room for my child's bedroom and I want this one for my office. So I'm really glad I didn't go right away and put this flooring in here and change that and if they get a couple years use out of it and you didn't have to invest too much in this process, they don't feel bad about removing it and bringing in what they want. Mm-hmm. So maybe you put in new laminate countertops that are in perfect condition. And maybe the new buyer who comes in wants quartz countertops. They can do that without the feeling that I'm wasting $10,000 and taking out a granite countertop that I can't stand. Mm-hmm. So it's very careful the improvements that you choose to do. And that's where I can help weigh in on those decisions for you so that you make the proper decision and provide still what the buyer needs, allows them to live there. And they have a property that they are purchasing that they are proud of. Mm -hmm. And they don't have to apologize. And that's the biggest thing. Um, When somebody buys a new house and they walk in and they're all excited to show their family and friends, oh, come and see my brand new house. Come, you got to see the bedroom. Oh, it's so nice. But don't look at the flooring because it's all really, really, really bad. Mm -hmm. And that just really deflates the buyer and they feel like they then have to apologize for their new home that they just purchased. So if you can provide them with a clean, um, nice new slate flooring that they can customize as they move into it, they then can puff their chests out and they can say how proud they are of their, their new house and everything is clean. They can put their furniture in and then they can just relax for a while until they figure out what they want to do with it. Mm-hmm. And that's what you want to provide when you're staging. Give them that time to learn how to love the house. I know when we bought our current home, it's the quintessential 1970s. They did a, an update in the 70s. Mm-hmm. So it's gone through at least one update. Yes. And we've got the nice 1972 flooring. It's, yes. We know it is. And kind of the same thing. It's like, okay, I'm... We've discovered that there was hardwood floors underneath the carpet throughout the house. Mm. Every single piece of carpet came up. All the hardwoods were exposed, something we really enjoy. Mm-hmm. And all we now have left to do is look at the flooring in the kitchen and in the two <laughs> bathrooms go, okay, in a couple a couple years. I got two years. I got mm-hmm. two years to be able to put up with this flooring, but in the end, it's going to be okay. Yes. It's still in, in physically good shape. Right. Mm-hmm. It's just linoleum. Yes. And all the things that people think of when you hear the flooring term linoleum, <laughs> it is all of that. And the people I do want to say, the, the family who owned this house, she did a beautiful job of waxing that kitchen flooring. It's in great shape. It is in great shape. We have discovered, though, that when the fox decides to spill some of her water, it gets that little white kind of. Hazy, ghosty yeah. part to it until all of those layers dry out. Sure. And then it turns back to its normal color. Sure. So I know that there's definitely layers upon layers of wax on this floor, 
it is awesome. It is great except for it's not the color I want. You know, you come home and it's just like, okay, I want to clean the floor because it's just not clean. Yeah. It just has that dingy haze to it. But yeah, at the same time, I mean, I get it of the whole entire, you know, I want my family to come over. We want to show off this house and we're doing the ignore the stains on the carpet till we get time to rip <laughs> that out. And please don't look at that flooring. We just got rid of our baby Yoda green walls because they're all avocado. So it's like, try not to look too far. Like, look out the windows because the scenery around is pretty. <laughs> Focus <Yes>. there. <laughs> and I, I think overall... A lot of conversations around real estate and, you know, the home purchasing and selling process is a bit antiseptic because we focus on what's the market doing and the money behind mm. it and things like that. Um, we tend to forget about the emotions that are connecting us with our environment. It's more than just a box, really. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it, it's great to have a stage or a, a outside person come in and say, you know, and reinforce what us as agents are saying that you're going to move out of the house anyway. It's okay. Mm-hmm. It's only a temporary situation. If you work hard to put your best foot forward and really put your energy into it, hopefully this will be a very short term mm-hmm. place that you need to be. Yeah. And then when that offer comes in and you accept that and you set that closing date, you can say, Yay, we have half of our things already pre-packed and we don't have near as much to do before that happens. It's not that panic mode Yes. of, oh no, we now have to go, okay, kids, here's your boxes. Every day you have to put three boxes. You need to fill three boxes every day so that way your room is clean Mm -hmm. and done by the time we have to get out. Right, right. And it's a real stressor. So the more that you can make that process easier and uh, a joy, it should be exciting. You're moving on to a new space. You're Mm -hmm. going to be getting the home of your dreams. You know, Um, you want that to be a positive memory. Yeah. And then when you leave the space that you have created all those memories in, and you also want to be very proud of that piece that you're leaving behind. And every single client that I have worked with, even if they are moving on to a, a different city or state completely out of the area, they still feel this is a representation of them. And this is my house that I am giving to someone else. And I want them to be proud of this house that they purchased. So they will tend to go be of above and beyond what mm-hmm. is even necessary to make sure that that buyer has that good feel about the house and it's a reflection on you as well, the seller. So it's, it's a good thing and people take pride. Um, Wisconsin Rapids, I've lived here my entire life and I don't plan on ever leaving it. It was a great place to raise our son and um, I'm proud to live here and I, I'm proud of the way people feel about themselves and keeping that reputation alive. Mm-hmm. So that's a great segue. Let's talk a little bit more about you. Okay. How, how did you get into this? And, and like, are there certifications and schooling and education? Well, the funny thing is I worked for about 30 years in an auto trim shop and reupholstery shop. And it allowed me to be the creative, hands-on person that I love to be. And I was their designer there. So I was able to be with people and enjoy that creative side, which um, just fills me with, with happiness. And, and I'm helping people. And, and that's the whole thing. And then my body said, oh, Renee, you've been doing this for 30 years. Perhaps you should try doing something else. So it's like, oh, I think I'll come up with a plan B, but I really didn't have one. So it was around 2008 when the market was struggling and I was watching HGTV on the television and I thought, you know, I could really help people that maybe they just purchased a home two years ago at the height of the market back then. Mm Mm-hmm. Now their husbands have moved off to another city to find a job. The wife is home 
with herself and the kids trying to make things work here. And if I could help them to move and get the value from their home that they need to get to move on to be with their family, I can do that for them. I can help them. And that really spurred my thought into, I can keep them from losing so much money back then. Now it's putting extra money in your pocket. But back then it was just like, just so you don't lose so much so you can move forward in your life and not be held back. Mm -hmm. And that's really the driving force that had me start my own business. I was just going to work for somebody again. And there was no one here that there's no stagers here. It's like, that's terrible. People need, really need that opportunity to be able to present their home the best it can be and get that value out of it. So I started my own business and that was up until 10 years ago. So I have been enjoying this for 10 years. I have grown and met so many wonderful clients and people and I've met other stagers. I had been a member of RESA which is R-E-S-A, that's the Real Estate Staging Association, and had attended their conferences several times in Las Vegas and really enjoyed their support as far as a a membership to an affiliate like that. So that's always a really good resource. I did receive, receive my certification through the Academy of Staging and Redesign out of California. And I had to supply a portfolio of three redesigns and three staging projects that I had done and passed on my first attempt. So I was quite happy with that. Nice. And then I got my business stuff set up and, and I started out with consults. I did not have the inventory that I do today. Okay. Today, I can stage six houses at one time. Oh, wow. Yes. And we talked about before the the staging furniture that I possess. And you say, oh, well, what does that have to do with me? Well, it allows me to not have two guys in a truck. It allows me to be able to provide these items for you whenever you need them. Um, And it allows me to keep my prices where they need to be so you can afford it. We don't have to worry about dinging and denting up the trim on the doors, trying to move couches and tables in and out of homes. Right. Kind of saves on the wear and tear of the home. Absolutely. Because the last thing I'm sure you want to do is accidentally ding up somebody's door. Now you're replacing a door. Absolutely. Yep. And being fully insured, I am fully insured as well, so that uh, you have no um, worries about anything like that occurring. But uh, yeah, it's been a a great ride, and I love it, and I'm so glad I needed to come up with a plan B. (laughs) (laughs) What was the most challenging stage that you did? I would say the most challenging stage is actually an occupied stage where the client is living in the home and they only need a few pieces to bring in. Um, So then I have to try to provide items that will work with their furnishings that they have and their decor and still make sense. Also, people that do not remove their pets from the home that's being sold is a challenge. Um, It's, I am not able to bring in soft goods when animals are in the home. And that is due to the fact of allergens and things like that. If I do put them in another home, home, then those would be present. So... That's a challenge for everybody that I can't always provide everything for everybody, but I do have a wide array of items that have been carefully curated and put together so that I can provide just about anything at any level. I have staged a $50,000 house and I have staged a million dollar house and I have the items that will will work in any of those. So um 
I remember the $50,000 house. Everybody said, I can't believe you're staging a $50,000 house. I said, this house is cute as can be. Mm-hmm. But it was just all tan. And um, I brought in window treatments that were vibrant. They actually were very colorful and brought in furnishings and brought in decor And I'll never forget the teenage daughter walked in the home as I was finishing up and she goes, oh my gosh, I cannot even believe this is the same space. Why did my mom not do this years ago? And I said, because not everybody is an interior decorator. I'm not a computer person. I'm not an auto mechanic. I'm not an attorney. And so I reach out to other professionals to help me in my life so I can have the best of the best. Mm -hmm. You're probably not an interior decorator. Let me provide that for you and make your life the best of the best. And you don't have to go out and learn how to do it. You don't have to finance it. You don't have to spend your time at it. Just get it done and have it as part of your life. And it's a wonderful thing. Mm -hmm. It is. It is. I know that we kind of jumped around. Is there anything from the paperwork that you brought that you want to hit up on? Yes. Okay. And uh, there are 10 things that uh, really help uh, a property to stage out or to present itself in a professional way. Okay. And um, when you stage your home, you are able to present a better product and present a better visual for your clients. So we all know the first place people go is online, and those photographs are hugely important. Mm-hmm. If they don't get, get past those photographs, they're never even going to come and see the house. Right. So it's really important that you have that great visual. And pictures do that, and having the staging in place will do that. Um, homes that are staged spend 73% less time on the market. Now, what does that mean to you? That's a lot of time. That's a lot of time. It's a lot of expense for you. You have holding costs for those months that your property is being listed, and you may have already purchased your other home and have two mortgages you're paying on, Mm -hmm. plus utilities, plus cable, plus heat plus lights, right? and you must keep these things in place as you're selling the home because it needs to be shown. Right. So that's a huge difference. So the less time on the market, the more money you can keep in your pocket. Correct. Um, Homes that are staged typically sell for more money. They look better in print and internet ads. They receive more foot traffic because they have seen them online and they are drawn to want to see more and come in so they're enticed Um, they end up on the buyer's must-see list and those houses that are staged are viewed as well-maintained people care about the house they're showing their effort that they're putting into it and that always resonates well with buyers Um, they're moving ready they have less reasons for buyers to ask for concessions So how many times have you had a buyer come to you and say, well, I need to put all new flooring in here. Mm -hmm. That's going to cost $20,000. So I want you to take that off the list price. Does that ever happen to you, Carrie? Uh, No, I've yet to have that. Really? Yeah. We've, um, so the couple times that we've seen that as far as coming in for a listing, if we knew that the carpets are, we reflected that right in the price and that way... No one said anything. They knew that if the front flooring was put in, they would get the higher price, but because they didn't want to or they couldn't, they knew that they we had to come in with a lower price. And again, with that revitalize program that we now have, we're now going to have that opportunity to do the, we need new carpeting in here. Here's an opportunity for you, Mr. and Mrs. Seller. We can get it in. You can pay for it at the time of closing. And now we can get you that more money. That's fantastic. Mm -hmm. But there are buyers out there that will, they feel it's their job to haggle. Right. You know, and get whatever they can. That's right. 
and buyers are always going to come up with a number higher than the actual cost. And so maybe that $20,000 worth of flooring is only twelve. And I think the buyers that we've seen who want to do that haggling have missed out on three, four homes when they, then all of a sudden they realize, you know what, if the list price is 150, I'm going to have to start that, that offer at 150. They're, they're looking at it going, I can't start off at 140 or 135 because this needs update, that needs update. They're realizing we're starting those offers at list price. And that may have been the situation when they bought their last house 12 years ago. Mm Mm-hmm. But it certainly isn't now. And um, it, it's really cool that we can do this podcast and radio show for educational purposes as well. Mm-hmm. And kind of get people into a mindset that, you know, the market has changed. And it'll change again, too, I'm sure, in, you know, another couple of years. Right? Absolutely. Yep. And also professionally staged listings stand out in prospective buyers' minds. And they sure do. They'll, that'll mm-hmm. be the memorable listing that they have. And it won't be because of... Oh, remember the pink bathroom. It'll be, remember that gorgeous house with the view and the fireplace? Because that's what a stager's job is to highlight those benefits that come with the home. Right. They're going to sit there and just still look at the pictures after it's been sold for a couple of years and go, that was such a beautiful house. That's what I'm trying to aspire. My house, I couldn't afford this one, but Mm -hmm. I want to have that look be in this house because this is what I have now. But I want to have that that wonderfulness of when I walk in, I just feel hugged and loved and I can sit on the couch and I don't have to think about, I need to paint those walls. I need to rip up this carpeting. I need to get rid of that final flooring. None of those thoughts are in those buyers mind anymore. They're looking at their home going, I love my home. Yes. I'm here to stay. And oftentimes sellers are and buyers are thinking that, oh, I need to get this much money for my property. Well, in order to do that, you have to bring your listing up to that price. Mm -hmm. Your real estate agent has worked very hard to provide you with a market analysis and a determination of your selling price that's fair. So like Carrie was talking about, that client said, oh, I realized they already gave me the discounted price because they didn't replace the carpeting. So I'm not going to ask for more because I realized this is a fair price. Mm-hmm. So that's huge. Um, but how many clients are unwilling to bring their property up to that price level? And the first thing that you may need to do is take a price reduction. Yeah. So if you take a price reduction, Carrie, what is the average of a price reduction for most homes? Most homes, we usually are trying to probably come down maybe two, two to 5,000. Okay. Um, some of the other homes, depending upon ones that we've seen online, because we do get those price reductions, we've seen a forty to $50,000 price cut because we now can look at the seller and go, I'm sorry, Mr. and Mrs. Seller the house was listed too high, the market responded, and now we're coming down into something a little bit more reasonable mm-hmm. where people are willing to say, you know what, I've got $150,000. I'm willing to spend it on this house, but not this one over here. And they're looking at it at apples to apples. So if you got yes. one at 150 and the other one's at 160, can I make that adjustment? Or is that 160 still too high because that 150 is still looking really good because it's in a better condition? It's got those nicer finishes where I know I'm going to spend 160 and now I'm going to be doing flooring and be doing the new bathroom. Might need to have to do a little bit in the kitchen, but it's not bad. It's livable. Mm-hmm. It's just a matter of how much project do you want to take on? Yes. So you said your average price reduction could be anywhere from two thousand two two to five. Usually is what we like to see first. Okay. Um, There are some cases where we do do a deep cut, where maybe we listed it higher because we need to have some more time. We want the house out there. Sellers like I just want to try it at that two hundred thousand dollar price because we you know that's what they want to do. We're going to do what the seller wants. Mm-hmm. We tried it at that $200,000 and now we're looking at you going, I'm really sorry, but the market has spoken. Let's drop that $10,000. Let's get it a little bit more in line to what's out there in that price point and to the same condition as your home. 
So sometimes we do have to have those hard conversations of doing yes. some of those big cuts. But at the same time, you know, we want to respect our sellers. And if they feel like starting at a higher point, we'll start at a higher point. But with the realization of if we have to come down, then we're coming down. Yes. And when you think about the price cut of two to $5,000 as average, let me tell you that you can get a lot of staging or staging and improvements to your home that may bring it up to that extra two to $5,000. Mm-hmm. So if there is a price point that you really feel you'd like to have, um, instead of taking a huge price reduction, which I know a lot of realtors will take a $5,000 cut just to get them into a different bracket, mm-hmm. a search bracket mm-hmm. uh, that people will be looking for a uh, purchase price and allow you to bring the property up to that. Now think if you would have provided those improvements from day one, you may have already lost the buyer that would have that saw your property and chose not to because either the price was too high or the property wasn't brought up to the list price. Mm-hmm. And it only takes one. Only takes one but they may have already walked through your door and they are not going to come back. Yep. And so that's where you really determine that's, can I do this from day one? Can I hit it hard, move forward and give it my all? Well, we had that with uh, Cherry Street. So Cherry Street was listed by two other real estate companies in town. Wow. And no one could sell it. You know, so I get the phone call and I'm like, well, let's go see it mm-hmm. right away from just walking up to the house. I'm like, outside needs a new coat of paint mm-hmm. and walked inside. I'm like, well, the inside's not that bad. Nice colors. Again, gray tones. So I'm like, not too bad. One of the hardwood floors, one of the rooms, it was a smaller room. The hardwood floor was in bad condition. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, if you could paint the outside of the house and cover up the hardwood floors. Mm-hmm. Seller kind of looked at me. He goes, no one has ever told me to do anything to this house in the six months that it was listed with two other companies. Wow. He agreed to do just those two things. We put it back on the market for the same exact price. We didn't lower it. We didn't raise it. We did the same exact price as what it was previously done. We had an accepted offer within a week. Just by painting the outside of the house to give it that fresh, clean look and to cover up a hardwood floor in a room that the flooring was, the floor was not in great condition. We covered it up. It looked beautiful. They didn't do any interior changes whatsoever. It was just two things. And you got a full asking price. And that's fantastic. It shows you when you provide the proper improvements that that can help the saleability of your house. Mm Mm-hmm. And curb appeal is absolutely number one. Yeah. Before I ever get out of my car approaching a client's home, the first thing I look for is their curb appeal. First of all, do they have a fire number or a mailbox or an address that I can see? How hard was it for me to find their property? Mm-hmm. Even with GPS today and, and all the things that we have to make our lives easier? Did I still struggle to find this location? Especially those country homes that got the long driveway and all you got is mailboxes on the other side of the street. Yes. Yes. Okay. So where am I going? Mm -hmm. Well, and I've had it in the city too. You know, you can kind of chronologically figure it out, but they don't have, you know, maybe there is a big house number, but it's behind some bushes. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, it's hard to approach the house. The house isn't approachable. Yep. And that's part of the curb appeal, overgrown shrubbery, um, a driveway that's cracked and broken, uh, an exterior that needs that fresh coat of paint. Mm -hmm. It shows people that you care Yep. and you've maintained that property. They then feel like, oh, yes, they've changed their furnace filter monthly. I can tell by how they've taken care of the rest of their property. I know that they've had things serviced and done properly by professionals when need be. 
they they cared about their property. And unless you have that curb appeal, they're never even going to walk in that door. It doesn't matter how good the inside is because they may never get the opportunity to see it. If it's 17 steps up, 17 concrete steps leading <laughs> up to the front door, that's a something needs to be addressed there. Yes. You know, there's always there's always some sort of workaround. Yep. You know, whether or not you break that up and put in a landing so that way you're only going up a little bit and then there's a little bit of a rest mm-hmm. for that next setup and then again another little rest. But some of those older Victorian homes, yes, you know, they've got those the grand, you know, porch. Yep. With the big old staircase. And you're going 17 steps is what I've got to carry up groceries with. Yes. <laughs> All right. I got this. I buy, buy small and buy often. And if you can also think, as you were living in the home yourself, what are your pain points? What was a challenge for you? What do you wish would be different in your new house? So those challenges that you found as you were living in the space, that's my job as well, to to work with those so they're not a challenge for the buyer. Mm Mm-hmm. And what can we do to alleviate this? And it's okay to go, you know what? In my home, I have one coat closet. Yes. Whole entire house. I have a 14,000 square foot home and I have one coat closet. Okay. That's just picking numbers. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, we, we find that, you know, in the older homes, it I could swear there's like every single time you turn around, there's a closet, there's storage, there's built-in storage here. There's built-in storage over there. Mm-hmm. And then you get into some homes where it's like, I have one coat closet. Yes. <laughs> in this whole entire house. This is a beautiful home. But what coat, one coat closet. So how do we fix that? Because there's now no storage. Yes. What do we do? Yes. And we create storage or we showcase that there's plenty of room if you just have one coat closet, if you don't have all the other coats in there that you don't wear. Mm-hmm. So maybe you pare it down just to the two that you really only wear and the rest are stored in another location. Mm-hmm. And to showcase, maybe we do only have one coat closet, but it's adequate. Right. So that sort of leads to another question. The name of your company includes home staging and organization. Yes. Do you get uh, clients who are just like, Renee, I need help figuring out my stuff, like the organization part of it, do you have um, consultations where that's the focus? Absolutely. And I can help people with just about anything that needs to be organized from something as little as to this junk drawer is nothing but overflowing and getting jammed in the back because things are falling out. On average, what is the appropriate number of junk drawers (laughs) per home? I like to keep it to one. Okay. So having four not good, well, huh? Well, if you don't have one drawer just for junk, then they're all becoming junk drawers. <laughs> <laughs> okay, in our last house, we had four. Okay. It was hard. It was hard to move. Yeah, it was like, okay, we got to clean out the junk drawer. It's like, oh, wait, I thought I already did this. I'm like, oh no, I'm on junk drawer number two. Yes, yes. And how many pens and pencils do we actually need in a junk drawer? How many of these doodads that are really in there do we really need? Mm-hmm. So I cleaned out my junk drawer last week. And only a third of it went back in. And I still have plenty of room. I can close the door drawer and nothing falls out. And I like moving it <sighs> to a box. You know, you clean out the junk drawer and then it's like, okay, I'm not sure if I'm ready to part with, yes. you know, this item. So, you know, I'm going to find a really pretty box and I'm going to put it in a box. And then where does the box go? In the basement because we have no storage. <laughs> <laughs> But that's a really good tip, Carrie, because you're not sure, am I willing to let go of these items yet? And that's, you know, sometimes that's the hard choice because, you know, as, you know, we're, we're talking with sellers, you know, this time of year and they're looking at downsizing. Well, it's the holiday season. I always tell everyone, take all your Thanksgiving stuff that you have, decorate the house the way you like it. Mm-hmm. The remaining items you're going to look at and go, is this like a family heirloom where I'm going to want to keep it? Or is this just stuff that I have that I can part with? Yes. If it went away and my life is not going to be affected by it because I have what I know I need to decorate with. Yes. That's so a great tip. Downsize per season. 
and go, okay, you know what? In this house, this is what I need. I know I'm moving. I know I'm going to a smaller place. So I'm not going to need, you know, five totes of Thanksgiving stuff. We may now try to condense it down to only two. So three totes either need to go to other family members. So that way you can still see it. You can mm-hmm. go visit your stuff. That's right. Or you find it a, a nice home where it's going to be used and loved. Well, Absolutely. And even if we're staying in the place, we're not looking to sell. That's a tip for organization as well, I'm sure. Oh, absolutely, because we all tend to have more than we really need. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's a great thing to say. Do I love this? Do I put this out every year or every year does it remain in the tote? And I am using my valuable square footage to store things that I don't find value in. And so, yes, you absolutely need to edit that. And I think it's a great tip to do that seasonally Mm -hmm. so it's not so overwhelming you walk down your steps and you look at your basement and it is floor to ceiling looks like an episode of hoarders you know and you think oh my gosh and you turn around and you walk right back upstairs because it's so overwhelming and that's what I help clients to do is take that first step take that first little nibble and maybe we just start with their junk drawer And they'll find out that in five minutes, we had their junk drawer cleaned out and we're standing there ready to do something else. It's like, well, that's already done. Oh my gosh, that hardly took us any time at all. It's like, well, why don't we do something else? And everybody has the best intentions and all they need is that little bit of motivation and incentive and a way to make it fun. And you chat and you laugh and you tell stories about things as you go through them. And before you know it, they've accomplished way more than they ever thought they were going to. Right. I also give them homework. So they are held accountable for the things that are on the list. And I will oftentimes give them homework and they were off oftentimes do way more than what I've actually asked them. Mm-hmm. And they're open the door the next week when I come with this beaming face. And they say, you won't believe what I did. Yeah. And once you learn how to do it and how to organize the things that you really use and love and need, you know where to find them. It's mm-hmm. not this overwhelming search that you have to try to provide and, and try to get to and then you just throw up your hands and give up right and i'm just i'm done i'm gonna walk away and you know what somebody else can deal with it later yep later will come yes so we all say your your (laughs) spouse randomly finds it in the lunchbox that was on top of the coat closet and so you're looking for this (laughs) yeah yeah i was that's exactly what i was looking for we always have to check the lunchbox (laughs) because when you tear it apart a whole entire house and you still haven't found what you're looking for. And I'm like, I'm going to check the lunchbox because you guys took it with you. <laughs> oh, yeah, there it is. Or my favorite, we moved. And near the end of moving, what do you do? You take anything that is open, has an open space in it, and you just shove, shove stuff in there because I'm moving a cooler. So let's put the blender, <laughs> the 250 cupcake liners and shove it in the cooler and maybe a few other kitchen items. Yeah. <laughs> you close the lid and you move to the new place and you have people help you. And so they put, they're like, oh, it's a cooler. I'll put it in the basement. Yep. And you're like, I'm going to make cupcakes today. And I'm like, I know I have cupcakes <laughs> liner somewhere. I know I moved them. I know where they are in the old house. We're in the new house. And you spend a year looking for them. And they're like, oh, shoot, I wonder where. And then also you need to go use the cooler. Mm-hmm. And you find all these wonderful surprises, Ooh. and it's like, yay, I got this now. So maybe if you would have packed them in a box and labeled the box as to where it went and what was in it. It probably would have gone a lot better. Might have but it was easier. near that end where it was like, I have a week left. Yep. So we're still trying to do real estate and trying to move. I had two days left. Yes. So it's kind of like, <laughs> I got three more kitchen cupboards that need to be cleaned out. Yep, you just grab and you just dump it into a box and you're like, it's out of the house. I'm good. I'm good. I'll find it later. Yeah, later came, a year later, but it came. Yes. And that's another tip is as you find a few minutes here and a few minutes there, 
clean something out. Organize mm-hmm. an area. Start with just a very small area. Well, we started even going back through. Yes. So in, in our office, it, it's, an, it's a bedroom. Yep. We turned it into an office. So the closet. Yep. No longer has a place to hang a coat on it. Yep. So it's all shelving. So that way I can store all my craft stuff. Yep. Now that I've been in the space for a year, I'm like, you know what? I need to reorganize this. I need to figure this out, the system out a little bit more. I really use this item more. So it can't be in the middle in between both doors. It needs to be over a little bit more. How can I rearrange the space so it's easier to get at? And oh, yeah, I haven't used this in a year. I haven't used it in a year. It can go. Yeah. You know, doing that conscious thinking of if I haven't used it in a year, more than likely it can go. And our lives change. Mm -hmm. So maybe you have more free time to do your crafting now that you are empty nesters. And so you use your crafts more now than you did before. So maybe they need to take a, a higher priority in your space as far as storing an organization. Or maybe you've moved on to a new craft and that has taken your your energy now, and you would really like that in a convenient place for you. So we have to keep in mind that our lives change and, and we like to do different things. And the way we live changes. Mm-hmm. Your, your household is very different from when your kids were at home. And now your life is different, which is the two of you there. And so your priorities change and your daily life changes. And those things need to work with you so that your life can be streamlined and, and you can work comfortably and enjoy your space when you get home at night. Well, I just know that it's a whole lot more, or, you know, you can find stuff that's more organized because my favorite thing to do is try to find that one tool. Yes. <laughs> which may or may not still be in the house, could be in the other garage, who knows. <laughs> but I'm like... If I've spent 20 minutes looking for it, that means I can just drive down to Home Depot, which is only a half mile away. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know right where it is on the shelf. Yep. <laughs> so yeah. I can bring it home. And not, what do we do? Nine out of 10 times, we put it back right next to what we were trying to find. Oh, yes. Yes. So now we have two of said tool. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know what? If I just would create a space that is just quick, handy toolbox yep. that's clear, I love the clear totes. Yes. So that way I can see what's in the tote so that I know if this is the tote I'm looking for to find said tool. That is one of my favorite secrets. So people, you're getting a tip here. But yes, clear totes make it an easy visual. And that is one of the main things about organization. If you can open a cupboard door and see where all your items are in just by opening the door and looking and not moving anything. Mm-hmm. You can see that whole cabinet in seconds. You don't have to take things out, move them, set them aside. And that's a game changer. Yes. And to do that, you must edit your items. You must be able to have space in your storage. And that's different for everybody. It is finding the storage systems you like. Right. We managed to, we started to using, not a plug for Home Depot, but but seeing how it's so close to our house, um, we found the storage cabinets for the garage. Yes. But unfortunately, we didn't put them in the garage. We put them in our basement. So I have one big container or one big storage cabinet that is just solely for all my canning stuff. Yes. So that way it's all organized. If I know I'm going to go do the canning, it's all right there. The next one next to it has got a different purpose for it. We've got five of these, I think, by now. Yeah. Yeah. And each one has a purpose for it. We don't just open up the door anymore and go, oh, look, it's got a, an open space that I can fit, you know, the cells all in. And mm-hmm. it's now with the cleaning supplies. Yep. All the cleaning supplies that we have, they're all in that has its own cabinet. So that way if we're looking for something for a cleaning supply. It's downstairs in the cabinet, in the cleaning cabinet. Yes. And it made it so much easier kind of going through the house of we moved in. We're like, okay, we're going to make this a little bit more organized. Instead of going, where did we put it? Because maybe part of the canyon is over here in this part of the basement. The rest of it's over there. Maybe sun's up, tucked upstairs in the kitchen. Got it all in one spot. And again, the clear plastic totes. Just mm-hmm. for all those little tiny pieces that I don't want to lose. Yes. 
But how nice to have that visual. You can open the door, you can see I have my lids, I have my my rings, I have the jars, I have everything that I need. It's right here. Or you have that visual and say, oh, I need more quart jars. I only have pint jars in here. But you can do that. You can assess that situation instantly. Mm -hmm. And the time saver and the money saver that organization is, you don't have to go out and buy that second screwdriver that you couldn't find. You know, and so it keeps your place being very easy to maintain. Once you do the hard work of the organization, Mm -hmm. then it's easy to maintain. Everything has a place. You know exactly where that needs to go every single time and you do it. And it's really hard. You know, I really have been trying to make, you know, that conscious effort of instead of just kind of setting it down, like, no, I'm going to go get it back in its cabinet where it belongs. So that way... I know the next time I need to go hang up a picture, I know where the hammer is. I don't have to go, okay, what was I hanging the last time I used my hammer? Mm -hmm. So what room might it be in? Yes. And remember the rule, touch it once. So if you take that hammer, Carrie, and you set it down in that room that you hung the picture in, you touched it once already. Now you have to go back, touch it again, and put it back. Mm -hmm. That's two touches. If you would have put it back the first time, it would have only been one touch. Right. And if you think about the effort and the time that it takes, you're saving yourself so much. And then you think about the next time where it's like, okay, where did I use that hammer? Oh, I think Ben used it out in the garage. No. Oh, no. No, I think it is downstairs. And then you go downstairs and it's not downstairs. And then you think, oh, but yeah, what do we use it for? you 45 minutes trying to find it. And then it's like... Okay, I lost the thrill and the energy to go and do this. No, I'm waiting. <laughs> I'm yes. waiting. And three months later, yes, as you're still watching the you know the picture hang on the floor, it's like you know I really like that picture, but it'd be pretty up on the wall instead yes. of on the floor. Yep, yep. No, organization makes everybody's life better mm-hmm. and remove those items that you said you no longer really love. Well, even and from a selling point, you know, having that organizational system already there kind of gives the new buyer. A chance to go, oh, that's how they use their basement. That's how they cornered off this part of the basement. So that way they had a storage system already. Yes. And this is very easy, very usable. Yes. I think I can reduplicate this. Yes. Those are all huge benefits and they do showcase how the space has been used well. So we're about to the end of the program. So Renee, how can people get a hold of you again? Uh, They can give me a call. They can text me. They can email me on my email, um, renee.advancedhomestaging at gmail.com or 715-323-3804. Fantastic. Thanks for being on the show. Well, thanks for having me as a guest. It was a blast. Yeah. (laughs) And of course, if our listeners want more information, they can shoot us an email. We're on our own social media pages and whatnot, Facebook and Instagram. And if you're looking for listings in the area, definitely check out myrapids.com. It's got all of the active and uh, pending home sales in the area of Wisconsin Rapids. So that's convenient. So we'll see you next time and have a great central Wisconsin day.